one of the top 50 female futurists in the world, former president of the World Future Studies Federation, worked in all the continents of the world except Antarctica, one of the very few consultants to be a meta-researcher as much as an operational strategic advisor. Dr. Fabienne Goubodemont is social sciences postgraduate in Foresight, founding president and CEO of SAS Projective, a center for study, research and consultancy in Foresight. Her main activity is to support decision makers, public and private, in their strategic futures-oriented reflections and actions in France and abroad. So, Fabienne, welcome. I'm so pleased to have you here today with us. And I was really looking forward to this episode and this conversation with you. How are you? Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Spiros. It's uh, very nice for me to be with you this, uh, this afternoon. So I enjoy being here and awesome. try to explain a little bit more about Vuke. Definitely. Um, Fabienne, before we start, uh, I would like to kindly ask you, uh, to talk a bit about a bit of your background. Where were you before? What is the journey? And how did you came up with all those great realizations and this awesome stuff that I uh, that you saw me on the internet and of, of your work? Okay. Well, it, it, I'm afraid it will take a little bit too long if I go through all the journey. But, uh, well, I'm, as you can see, quite a seasoned futurist and I'm working uh, around the world to support decision makers, public and private, in their operational and futures-oriented reflections and actions. Well, um, I was graduated in political sciences and I got my PhD in human and social foresight, some time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in 1999, I founded Projective, which is a, an independent center for research and consultancy in foresight. And, uh, and there, my job is to, to decipher uh, the evolutions in progress to make sense of the environment in which our decision makers are, are living and, and operate, and also to work out innovative and futures-oriented, long-term-oriented, sustainable solutions as well so more or less this is this is the point that's awesome that's awesome so as uh, many frameworks um raised up uh, especially after the pandemic uh our conversation today is about vuca one and vuca two yeah so what are the two different versions um of uh, your vuca mentioned Okay, well, in, in, as you know, I mean, in the late 80s, uh, both Canadian and American armies coined the concept of VUCA to describe the main characteristic of the world at this very precise moment. So you remember at that time, it was uh, the beginning of a very large and, and, um, and, and fast globalization. Mm -hmm. And we were wondering about China, yeah. what would happen with China. It was the time of the of very new development in ICT and especially personal computer and Prodigy, the first uh, network, world network. Uh, it was also a time of very uh, unstable in, in geopolitics, uh, especially with the fall of the Berlin Wall. So we had, we had, uh, uh, we, have, we were through a very specific period of the history and 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 this period was characterized by a high volatility volatility of markets but also volatility of of everything that was considering as stable before mm -hmm. so v for for volatility uh u for uncertainty until now uh it I mean, the, the, the evolution seems to be very linear 
And, and then we suddenly understood that this evolution was more exponential than linear. Uh, C for complex. And, you know, uh, the globalization is something that creates a lot of interdependencies. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, states and corporations are more and more dependent of each other's. This creates a, a, a level of complexity higher than before. And finally, A for ambiguous. Ambiguous means that when you when you observe uh, an event as uh, as uh, the, the birth of a new technology, for example, or a new corporation, or a new economic development, well, you cannot interpret it. Mm -hmm. You cannot say this is good or this is bad. This is both good and bad so it's very difficult to 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 make a decision in such an environment so vk1 was this world the world of the late 80s the new uh, 90s and uh, and initially it is from the military sectors and then it spread widely outside the military and uh, and finally at the end of the first decade of this uh, century uh, the 21st century, it, it was now very, very well known, and, mm -hmm. and especially in, in the world of economy. But we have had the pandemics, and the pandemics, I can say, changed almost everything. So during the pandemics, uh, I would say that the awareness of a complete upheaval taking place emerged in all the minds, I would say. I mean, Everybody on earth suddenly understood that the world would never be again as it was before. Uh, so we, we needed a new way to describe this new situation. So you have seen many, many uh, acronyms flourishing all over the world. <clears throat> and for example, the most maybe the most well known is Benny. Yeah. Benny means uh, brittle, anxious, nonlinear, and incomprehensible so mm -hmm. the thing is that such acronyms of course they are interesting because they they express something about the situation but for me they are not fully operational because it seems that they are they they induce some anxiety anxiety mm -hmm. anxiety and and they emphasis mainly our inability to understand the evolution of the world. So for me, it's something quite pessimistic and negative. So I, I began some research work about this and, and try to, to better understand what was really happening. So I produced a kind of big report about the, the topics that were published in, in French and in English about um, the post-COVID world. And it, it appears that we can frame out a second VK, uh, a VK2, uh, or, or, or VK2.0, uh, if you want, which would be a, a, a VK um, more helpful for decision makers. In this VK, you would have vulnerability for the V, uncertainty still for the U, criticality and artificialization. Well, why these words? I think that we need to help decision makers to keep in mind these four main drivers of the development of the organization, whether it is a startup, a multinational territory or a state, mm -hmm. and, and to help them to deal with these drivers. So how? First, by making their organization less vulnerable, and this is about vulnerability, so make your organization less vulnerable to surprises. And with a very high level of uncertainty, uncertainty that we are experimenting right now, we will have more and more surprises. It's part of it. And the second point is by assessing um, the degree of criticality 
of their infrastructures and of their operating methods. For example, look at the supply chain. It was very obvious during the COVID that most, most all of the supply chains were disrupted by mm. the COVID and they had no redundancy. They had no alternative. And so, so many companies really died just because they, they never thought that their supply chain could be disrupted. So we have to think about this. We have to think in terms of, of crisis and, and how, to, how to operate in, in, a, in a multi-crisis world. So first, again, make your organization less vulnerable to surprises. Mm -hmm. I assess the degree of criticality of your infrastructure and your operating uh, systems and uh, try to, in the same time, try to limit your contribution to the artificial artificialization of the planet from carbon emission to ocean pollution to the nine planetary boundaries like uh, fresh water use, uh, ocean acidification, uh, climate change and so on. I mm -hmm. think it's very important to introduce now the nature inside our systems. Uh, for, for millennia, we, we took for granted that the, the nature has, has nothing to do with us. I mean, it's something separate, living on its side, and, and we cannot interfere with, with it. Obviously, it was wrong, and now we can see it. And, and now we even wonder if it is not too late to be aware of the fact that we are destroying nature. This is mm -hmm. what we call Anthropocene. And, and so the second version of VUCA, introducing artificialization, mm -hmm. uh, for me, is a way to, re to reintroduce the nature inside uh, the, the global thinking of a decision maker. Okay, I would say that to make it short. <laughs> so this is definitely the direction that um, drives us to take the lessons. Uh, from nature, how, how nature works. And nowadays, it doesn't really matter if it is uh, the, the water that is giving the lessons or the sky or the plants in, uh, on the earth. But on the other hand, this is that this that it is uh, quite interesting is that, okay, uh, the, the skies, the, uh, the, uh, the oceans and, uh, and the earth are the three domains of, um, of operations. But now we have the space, Yes. And uh, and the cyber, so right. How how do you think that the lessons from the nature, according to the three previous domains of operation, can help uh, the operations in uh, in space and cyber? Okay, first I would I would make a um, a very important um, uh, split I would say between mm -hmm. between uh, space and cyber. I mean, space considered as outer space yeah. uh, is something that is natural. So it's part yeah. of the nature. And we are already industrializing it. That's the point. I mean, we have in industrialized land. We have industrialized water. We have industrialized skies, as you mm -hmm. said. And now we are industrializing space itself. If you look at the number of waste in 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 the outer space and mm. orbiting Earth, it's really something important. And each time we are sending a, a vessel, a shuttle, or whatsoever outside the planet, we are bringing, we are sending with with this uh, with this shuttle all our viruses and bacteria and everything. So. By definition, we are industrializing also the outer space. Now, um, cyberspace is something very different, first, because it is not natural. Mm. And what I mean by natural is that there is no living species in the cyberspace. So we won't destroy an ecosystem because there is no ecosystem in the cyberspace. Uh, yet, the cyberspace has a huge influence on our space, uh, the, uh, our planetary 
mm -hmm. uh, space, I would say, not space, but resources. Um, because as, as you know, the fact to, to create the cyberspace and to maintain it and to, to have it working uh, required a huge, a huge quantity of energy. Uh, not only for for creating the images of um, of the cyberspace, not only for uh, creating the capa the capabilities to exchange within the the, the, the cyber, uh, but also, uh, for example, to to mine uh, the the crypto money, the, who, which are part of of the cyberspace as well. Because what is the cyberspace? It is just the reproduction in a virtual area of our world, but it is not something different. I mean, it is same people, same uh, need for competition, same need for uh, building things and appropriating things, buying things, selling things. I mean, it's, it's just the same way to extend our current markets to uh, a virtual world. It's yeah. nothing more, I would say. With the same criminality, mm -hmm. with the same um, charity, uh, but and with the same uh, uh, competitive organization as well and market. So amazing! The best clarification I ever heard until today. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Roman. Thank you. Thank you. So all those things are creating this um, this need, let's say, or this. Um, kind of uh, urgency. So yeah. what kind of urgency are you talking about? I think that um, there is there is two kinds of urgency. The mm -hmm. first one uh, is for decision makers to get prepared for the coming turbulences. Uh, you know, we are we are in 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 a situation where it's a kind of subduction. I mean, the world the ancient world, I would call 1.0, is just going down, down, and 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 fragmenting itself, mm -hmm. and progressively disappearing under a new world, uh, which is born from our desired uh, desires and decisions and uh, and paradigm as well, mm -hmm. and this new world is 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 coming toward us built by our technologies and our choices every kind of choices and so this new world is arriving and and it is shocking the old world yeah. and the, the old world is is a millennia based world with agricultural paradigm even our industry is based on agriculture mm -hmm. with with uh, the tools with the way to do things repetitive uh, ways to do things, even the cycles. If you if you think of um, the economical cycles, economic cycles, uh, you know, uh, up down the cycle of Konradchev, for example, it is the same thing as the season in an agricultural world. So, still we are in an agricultural world, and now we are moving to a world we don't know what it will be exactly, but what we know it is, it will be a very very different world clearly not based on agriculture, not based on hierarchy as it was before, uh, with less uh, inequalities that, than before. I mean, probably most educated. We don't know exactly because we have no crystal ball. But what we know is that just right now, we are crossing through one of the main great transition of the history of humanity. Mm -hmm. we, had, we had such great transition with sedentarization, when we decided to stop to be nomadic and, and begin to, to settle. Uh, we had this when we acquired the fire uh, that changed everything mm -hmm. um, and, and so on. I mean, we have already been through many, many great transitions. But this one, wow, it, it's a really, really big one. It is a world system change. So when you have this kind of, of shocks coming, of course, it's creating crisis if you if you if you if i follow the analogy with subduction you know when you have the subduction this this plaque going under another plaque then you have um 
magma mm -hmm. eruptions, you have a tsunami, you have all these kind of things. It's exactly the same than right now. We have these two worlds shocking, old one, new one, and then you have many turbulences like uh, tsunami and like uh, volcanoes. And and example of this uh, of this uh, turbulences, we we had uh, the health uh, crisis, mm -hmm. not not because of the pandemics. Of course, it, it's due to the pandemics, but it was there before. It means that our health system is not uh, is not enough tended. It is not enough maintained to to be able to cope with whatever is coming in this uh, in this field. We have economic our economic system. I mean, just imagine we are in the 21st century, and in Europe we are among the, the most wealthy nations, and we we were just unable to 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 work or, or to keep our system working during the, the lockdown. Gosh, it's it's really wow. This is something we have to to think about really i mean we have we are facing an environment crisis mm -hmm. democracy crisis if you look at some places around the world i won't name them but you know them uh you have a crisis in in uh, interpersonal relationship yes i mean the way we are we are dealing with our children with our parents with our friends with our co-workers i mean clearly the relation the relation to the other uh, is something that is becoming really difficult and to the family as well and and we have also um, difficult relations with the progress itself what does it mean uh to to be in a progressive or progressive society i mean so mm -hmm. many people now are are very um disappointed with the notion of progress um they are the generations that we call the no future generation um they think they have been sacrificed during uh, the covid i mean we are in a kind of victim victim society uh we are afraid uh we feel that everything is not just uh and we are suffering from injustice from inequities from everything so it's 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 difficult to live in this kind of world and clear uh, our our companies our firms have to get prepared for this uh this crisis this, this multi-crisis now we we even call it the perma crisis perma for permanent and perma mm -hmm. crisis is a world where the crisis is permanent so uh, this is one urgency the second urgency is the need to decide and to act effectively. I mean, too many people are just acting like uh, making bubbles, you know, moving, moving a lot, and the result is just dissipation of energy, but mm -hmm. nothing concrete. So we have clearly, I mean, you know, when you are on the boat, and this boat is on the sea during a storm, you have to be efficient. If you are not, you will just draw, sink, exactly. So being efficient means mean what? You have to take your aim where you are going, mm -hmm. okay, fix it, stick to it, and go for it. So companies right now, they need a framework to operate with a true vision of the future. Not a vision which is just the blah, blah, blah of, of companies, you know, as I used to do, we will be the first on this market on, okay, this is interesting, but this is not what will embark all the collaborators with you. And if you are on a boat, even if you are the captain, if your uh, people, uh, won't obey you or won't be with you in the in the storm you won't go through it so so we need to be all together and to stick together because we believe in the same vision of the future and and you have to have a long-term goal that you can cling in to 
you cling you can cling to in the storm in order to to guide your next step when you don't mm -hmm. know where you are going because you cannot see in front of you clearly you, you have you, you must have a way to continue to advance to to make a step after another step um trying to reach your goal if you don't know where to go you 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 cannot you cannot move ahead so i think that there's two kind of urgency as those one get prepared decide and act effectively and now now that that we are all aware of the changes that are taking place i mean it's obvious that we have to to change ourselves not only our operating systems not only our um, uh, companies or organizations, but ourselves as leaders, as collaborators, we have to adapt to this new world and we have to take it seriously, N not just thinking that this is a, a new fashion and that tomorrow it will change. No, 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 it won't end tomorrow. We are really in the middle of a very long, long uh, process, something about to last a century. So mm -hmm. it's very something long. So I would say that we are deep in, in this uh, centenary process of great transition between mm -hmm. two worlds I, I mentioned. And um, and now we have to, it's difficult to do, but, but we have to try to abandon, to quit our uh, Neolithics uh, way of operating, agrarian, uh, hierarchized, and find ways to be more efficient is an entirely new world. That is so interesting that you are referring to that because um, the last years, the last five years at least, we have seen hundreds of operational excellence models coming up. Yeah. So this I want to ask you uh, after hearing you very, very precisely. We have two things. The one is that we have high speeds and high yeah. demand. Yeah. And on the other hand, we eliminate those speeds by creating uh, systems and models. So according yeah. to your perspective, plus your experience and your expertise, what is going on between the systems and the reality? <laughs> this is a tricky question. Um... Okay, let me put it this way. From the very beginning of our history, we have been um, sapiens. Mm -hmm. Sapiens means that we are able to intellectualize the world into, in which we are living. Because of this, during the last at least three millennia, we have created um, an evolution, a double-fold evolution. One curve is a reality, what we can see, what we can measure and everything, the reality in which you have your two feet. And then you have the curves of what we, what we think to be the reality, yeah. which is something very different. Mm. I mean, abstraction is not always good it might be good in mathematics or in very uh, high level uh, hard sciences but when it when it comes to when it comes to social sciences uh, abstraction is is not good we have you have to to continue to keep your feet in the mud of the reality even if your head is in the stars, even if you dream of, of something different, but still you have, you have to make the connection between the reality and your dreams. So for me, system, as you said, is only a representation of the reality. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, a system is quite a good approach of the reality because by definition a system is a way to understand the reality through its connections through its interrelation okay it is about the dependency 
it is about the interdependency and it is about the fact that when when you move one piece on the chess uh immediately on the chessboard you have immediately another piece that will move you, you are not moving alone it's impossible so i think this theme is interesting for this but the model for me is something very different because if you build the model from nothing mm -hmm. it means that you create a box yeah. and then you, you you put people and and uh, organizations and uh, operating systems inside the box and when you have a box you cannot get out of the box it's not easy at all okay and when when you are on your board in the storm over the sea you you cannot stick to the box it's impossible you you have to to be agile you have to be swift to be able to to move to have a almost um, african rhythm uh, yeah. something like uh whew. you you have to be very alert and and very uh yeah very agile so for me the system is exactly the contrary not the system the model is exactly the contrary of being swift and agile the notion of model is interesting only if you try to understand what is happening mm -hmm. and put them all together to combine them to try to understand and then you have something that we call model just because it is represent a representation of the reality but if the model should be an operating system that you have to follow and to stick to no it won't work so i think this is the reason why we've seen so many models appearing during the, the last year because everyone is trying to give you a box to 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 put yourself in and feel you are secure feel you are safe but you are not safe in the box so would you would you agree that uh, making the long story short is the solution let's say is instead of rules to think and act with principles absolutely it's it's so obvious for me uh it's it's there is something interesting you know is that during the last two years i mean after the covid we have seen um values mm -hmm. and moral principles coming back it's yeah. funny because during during the last 50 years uh the western world has tried to get rid of morals mm. and and uh, and of these old things about which is uh, right or not and and so on true force and now this is coming back and this is coming back because people are feeling that they need a kind of compass mm -hmm. to orient themselves in the storm and the compa the compass is either a moral compass I'm trying to make what what is what is just and and what I feel true and and right. Or um, I just set up a goal that will be my compass. I have to reach this point, and and whatever the means. That's why I do not believe in strategies. I think that we are no longer in a world where strategy can operate. Strategy can operate only when you know very well the field of the battle. When you don't know the field of the battle, when you, when you are unable to, to watch it and, and to survey it and to map it, then you have only tactics. Correct. I mean, it is not to you, a former military, <laughs> that, I, that I will talk about this, you know, much better than, than I do. But what I want to say is that um it is no longer time for strategy it is time for tactics today Absolutely. it is the best way to navigate this this storm and Absolutely. this great transition both in the military and uh, in the special forms of diving we used to say that strategy is that just the five percent of the procedure yeah. and the rest is tactics and being able to to understand the principles yeah. that you have to to operate absolutely so amazing <laughs> uh fabienne yeah. have you spotted some ways of best practices to cross safely these uh, turbulent times 
Yes, uh, during the last uh, the last decade, I um, I survey a lot uh, the environment around me, and I have spotted um, from my research work a broad range of transformative or transformational change. Uh, for example, the the awakening of Africa. This okay. is something very interesting. I mean, the fact that people there are realizing that this continent could become autonomous, which means that um, they could get rid of us, the Westerners, as well as uh, the Asian ones. Okay. Uh, think about that. I mean, I think that since the the end of the colonization, it is the first time in the history of Africa that the continent itself, not one country, but the continent, I mean, some countries over the continent, I would say 15 of, 15 of them, uh, are really able to think themselves as full, full standing states and people who, who can be the master of the future. And this is what I call the Wakanda effect. If you have seen uh, Black Panther, I think that Black Panther is exactly the movie um, concentrating all the current uh, paradigm shift of Africa. They feel they can become the Wakanda of tomorrow. And, and for me, this is a, an incredible change. Um, Another change, for example, is the development, especially among young people, in especially in in Europe, a little bit less in uh, in North America, but in in South America, of permaculture. You know, initially the permaculture was agriculture, um, let's say, an agriculture done according to the nature, to the respect of ecosystems and in a way based on, a, on, on biomimicry. Mm -hmm. uh, now permaculture is, is a far more extended uh, concept, including um, uh, what uh, city planning, including um, uh, regenerative agriculture which is more than just agriculture, but it is for regeneration, uh, rewilding as well, but also community resilience, mm -hmm. uh, which is really interesting. I mean, from nature, now it's about our tones, our settlements, and uh, about ourselves as well, um, mm -hmm. how, to, how to care about us as a community and so on. So I think that, that what is happening around the permaculture is really something uh, interesting. And and uh, and we have to 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 follow, to, to follow up on this. Okay. Um, um, what else? Um, oh, something in in the companies. For example, uh, we are moving from the uh, client experience, user, what we call the user experience, to the employee experience, to the collaborators' employee experience. Which is very interesting because initially a company is done to to give something, a service or a product to a client, and now the company is realizing that they are a collective of people, and they they cannot safely operate or, or efficiently operate toward their clients if they first do not uh, efficiently operate in their own ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So with the collaborators, but also with all the, how you say this, uh, providers and, 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 and people uh, helping, helping a, a company to, 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 to deliver uh, its uh, product or service. Uh, maybe another thing, uh, yes, the raison, la raison d'être. Uh, what is called raison d'être actually in, in Europe is a kind of purpose, mm -hmm. you would say in English, but it's more than just the purpose is the reason why this company exists 
but not in the sense of okay i exist because i want to make money but uh, if i won't exist what kind of thing i would say would be missing in the territory where, where i am and when i say thing it's what kind of links what kind of um, help maybe what kind of uh, land planning um, everything i mean there is a there is an awareness of the fact that a company is more than just a money maker uh, but is also an entity interacting with the territory with an environment and with civilian people um, and citizens as well i mean all this kind of thing and i think it is it is something deeper than just the how you call this um, RSE, um, social responsibility of the companies. So I think this is, is this is one of these uh, best practice. I mean, just a raison d'être. Try to find your raison d'être. And uh, maybe um, I would say that um, What is happening today is more or less something revolving around four pillars. Mm -hmm. Two pillars are goals that I think most of the companies, organizations, states, territory, whatsoever are trying to reach, being simultaneously nature-centric and human-centric over on the course to reach these two goals, you have two drivers that can be most, that can be both an enabler and, and a, a, a break, oh, yeah. Yeah. an obstacle. Mm -hmm. One of these driver of these drivers is exponentiality. Mm -hmm. We are living in an exponential world. We are talking about exponential uh, technologies, uh, exponential companies. I mean, there is a kind of acceleration of all our processes in economy, in politics, in uh, environment, whatsoever, that 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 make our world going over a curve which is now exponential and which is no longer linear. Yeah. So exponentiality, it's good because we have more and more capabilities, but in the same time, as you know, exponentiality is the fact that you, you have to embed more and more novelties in, in a short um, more of time, yeah, short period. So it's difficult to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And this contribute also, of course, to the crisis we were talking before. The second driver is uh, planetization. Well, planetization is not an easy thing to describe. It is about the fact that we are developing, I think for the first time in our history as a human species, a feeling that we are living on one planet. Okay. And this planet is our cradle. I mean, you know, we, we were living in clan. The, then these clans uh, get together to become tribes. And then the tribes became nations, to make it short. But now we are understanding there's all these barriers between us, the color, uh, the wealth, uh, the, the place you are living in, geography and ages all this is just nothing mm -hmm. there are artificial barriers that we created through our representations of the world the famous false representation i i, I told before so it's so important that we are now reaching this point to understand that color is nothing age is nothing and we are only one species, woman, men, same thing. 
um, this is really, of course, we are just at the very beginning of it. But but I think that already we we are embedding uh, the seeds of this change, mm -hmm. and so we are we are understanding that being one species, we have only one planet, and that maybe it is not tomorrow that we will leave this planet, at least not all of us, or all or the eight billion of us. So we have we have to manage this planet as a world, not as as uh, uh, androids of states, but just as a world, one planet, one ocean, mm -hmm. one health. I mean, you have seen this concept of one becoming really important during the last uh, years, and I think this is this is really important. So, um, I think we. This is really something important. We are we are living through an incredible uh, period of time. We can see that the, the changes in front of us are not incremental changes, but structural changes, which mm -hmm. means that the world of tomorrow will not be like this one. And um, in order to to help to understand all those changes, we, we name uh, this period of time X.0, you know, because you have the, the industry 1.0, industry 2.0, and so on and so on. So in order to say that we are not talking about 1 or 2 or 3 or 4 or 5, we are talking about X, X.0, which is a world of tomorrow and a very different world, but that we, a world that will be fueled by all what I just said. I mean, uh one one earth one species permaculture uh um better understanding of what is a company an organization um the end of colonization even neo-colonization well i think that there is really something incredible which is boiling and and will give birth to something i guess will be much better than today i agree and how do you contribute contribute yourself? Um, well, well, I I try to. Of I have many ways to to contribute, but I will talk only of 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 three of them. The first one, of course, through my uh, my reports, my research work, uh, my papers, publishing, and so on, uh, conferences. I try to describe and explain um, this this new development the X.0 uh, world uh, to decision makers uh, in order to help them to figure out uh, what kind of, of world is coming and how they can themselves contribute to this world. Mm -hmm. um, my, second, my second way to contribute is through consultancy because I try to help any kind of industry from HR agency to food retailer to waste uh, treatment company to adapt their policies to this uh, new new model i mean being human centric and nature centric and and facing um, um oh I, I forgot also the the last pillar the the five pillar which is governance because in order to 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 deal with reaching these goals and in the same time facing planetization and facing uh, um exponentiality you, you have to put governance in the center mm -hmm. of this uh, of this system and 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 the last uh, maybe the last one would be what um, oh something that i mean during the covid as you know um, i i had less work to do mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, and so i had some uh, some free time to uh, develop a serious game. And uh, with two of my colleagues, we worked together to develop a, a serious game because it was a very long time that uh, people were asking me for a better understanding of foresight uh, and, um, and, and uh, how to, 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 to think the future. And so we decided to create this game to help people to practice their own foresight and innovative skills because we believe that everybody can do foresight everybody can can be innovative 
you have just to go out of your own boxes and and this uh, this game is to to help you to do so so it, it's it has been two years now that we are playing this game with our clients with students uh in france in uh, hungary for example in burundi in africa uh, well we are expanding uh, expanding it and now we have a french version and an english version and uh, and this is something that I, i'm very proud of it and and very glad to to have it because our clients and our and our colleagues and friends are very happy of uh, of this game would, would you like to share a bit more about this uh, serious game oh so, uh, yeah. how how what is the duration for example what is the maximum of uh, participants that can take place uh, in, in, uh... okay so it's quite uh, let me just show you um i don't know if you can see it right now but this yeah. is a box yeah you can see it okay and you have cards okay so um you have a master of the game let's imagine i am the master of the game and you are a player and i will give you five cards okay one is a, a card called megatrends mm -hmm. we have a set of 40 uh, megatrends so I will dis distribute one to you. I will distribute uh, one emergence. Mm -hmm. What is emerging right now? For, for example, uh, humanoid robotics, for example. Uh, then I will give you one card of obstacle. Uh -huh. What kind of obstacle uh, is, is here? For example, bureaucracy, for example, whatsoever, individualism, whatsoever. And then I will give you two cards of action. Okay. Way to operate, leverage things. And once you, you are six people around, you can be between two and uh, eight maximum. Mm -hmm. So let's say you are six people around at the game table. And, uh, and when you have all your, your cards, uh, I will take another card from, pick up a card from a, a deck which is challenge. For example, what is the future of television? Okay. Okay. So first I have to explain the word. What is television for you? We are not talking about internet-based television. We are talking of traditional television. And then as the master of the game, the game master, I will roll a dice. And according to the number, we will have the, I mean, the, the challenge will take place in 2040 plus mm -hmm. 20 years from now. In 20, uh, so plus 20 years, plus 40 years, and plus one century. Okay. Okay. And then I roll, it, I roll the dice again. And then we will fix the geographic part. I mean, where, where the, the, uh, the, the challenge will take place. Mm -hmm. We have six number on the dice, so it will be North America, South America, Africa, uh, Europe, Asia, uh, this part of Asia, and okay. uh, uh, East part of Asia. So we contextualize the challenge. Okay. For example, uh, at the very beginning, I got a challenge, which was, uh, what is the future? What will be the future of television in 2060 in Groenland? Mm -hmm. I can tell you that you have to think a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I have to. You have to. Yes. And you have to use your cards. That's the point. Okay. So if you don't use one of them, you, you will lose one point. Okay. So you have to use all of them. And mm -hmm. each time you, when, when it will be your turn, you have four minutes to design your solution mm -hmm. to the challenge. And you will have two minutes to pitch your solution. Yes. All right. Yes. And this is a very interesting factor because you will have to be, to be okay. quick. And then you will you will have your your cards and you will say okay i put this one uh and and you will tell the story during your pitch 
you mm -hmm. tell the story of your narrative your solution each time showing your 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 card the card you use to all of the, all of the, the players oh, wow. okay? and after let's say the six of you uh, have done it you will all uh, put your five points all over the others mm -hmm. for example i will vote for you you will vote for another one you have not sorry you have not the right to vote for yourself okay, okay? You can only give your points to others according to the quality of your pitch, of their solutions, mm -hmm. and the adaptation of the solution to the place and the time as well. All right. Yeah. Makes sense. And, and so uh, the, the first one who wins this first round will choose a partner through the others. The second one will, will choose second partner and the last two will be together by uh -huh. force, I would say. Okay. So next round, we have three, three teams. Mm -hmm. okay. each, each player in the team will give, will show the, its, uh, his cards to the others. So one team now, it's 10 cards. Okay. And you have to, to use all of them, remember. You cannot create a new narrative. You mm. have to integrate the two narratives of the players together in a, what we call synergic, synergic uh, way of doing, which is a one plus one make three. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you, you have to agglomerate. So you have to discuss, you have five minutes to discuss the scenario integrate create a new narrative to express the, the aggregated scenario and then the game master will take a new card called a win card and this card will give you um, the way in which you will present your new solution mm -hmm. it can be uh silent vision you have to to make a design to show the design to the others mm -hmm. and the other players have to guess your solution through this design and you cannot say one word all right it is the most difficult one uh the second one is a postcard you will every team will get a virgin postcard mm -hmm. you will sketch a, a design on the face of the postcard and on the rector, you will write uh, a text for someone and you will put the address of this person. Okay. So it could be innovative. For example, uh, one time they send a postcard to the moon, to a colony in the moon. Okay. Uh, the third one is a persona. You know, mm -hmm. the persona is used in marketing mm -hmm. uh, to make the profile of a consumer. Yep. Kind the of consumer. So it is the same. Uh, you will you will uh, describe a persona who is representative of the people living in your narrative. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then you can you can imagine others as well. So that is so crazy. That yep. is so crazy. <laughs> What's the duration of this game? Uh, it is navigating the great transition. Okay. Okay. Fabian. And so it, it it's quite funny. <laughs> it was the best discussion i had the last months um thank you so much for uh for allowing this uh conversation it was um, a pleasure Spiros. great pleasure and honor to to have you with us in this uh in this episode and in our podcast in general so how can people come in can come in contact with you and find you and ask you to play the game or for all you can you things. can contact me on linkedin mm -hmm. and on my profile i have a page for the game called the serious game navigating the great transition so don't hesitate okay so um uh, in addition uh, all the information about fabienne will be down to the comments for those who want to quickly uh find her uh once again uh, ladies and gentlemen thank you for being here to this great episode fabienne for the closing thank you so much spiros and i was very very happy to deep dive 
with uh, sea breeze in this uh, VUK uh, concept. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was our pleasure. Have a great rest of the day. Bye-bye. You too.